Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I'm ready to go! Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Welcome to the Peter King Podcast, where I try to tell you quite a bit about football and maybe just occasionally about life. This week, my guests, Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer, who just finished a season as the first all-woman broadcast team on NFL games in the 99-year history of the National Football League. And also, a new name you're going to be hearing some about in the upcoming weeks, months, and possibly years. Chris Halpin, who is just named as the NFL's Executive Vice President, Chief Strategy and Growth Officer, and basically a power player in the new NFL. So I'll talk to Chris Halpin. I'll sort of introduce you to Chris Halpin. Uh, And it was new for me, too. I met him for the first time when we had our conversation the other day. But first, a few thoughts about Week 15 and about what it portends going forward in the NFL. So there's a lot of things that, you know, if you watch the NFL, you might be worried about right now. You you might be worried about whether the Saints offense is totally gone into mothballs. You might be worried about, oh my gosh, what has happened to Tom Brady? He just doesn't look the same. There's there's a lot of things that you could worry about. But I'll tell you the number one thing coming out of this week and coming out of very recent play that I would be very worried about. And that is the play of Jared Goff for the Los Angeles Rams. If you watch the game Sunday night against Philadelphia, he looked visibly shaken and very different on the field than we've seen him earlier in this year. You know, there was a time this year where he was 2-3-4 on my mental list for most valuable player. But I don't know if any of you saw uh, after the game when the Eagles beat Uh, the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if any of you saw Sean McVay's press conference, but a lot of times after games, I like to stay up, especially after primetime games. You put it on NFL Network uh, or ESPN, and you actually see the press conferences that the coaches and players do. So this was the first time in almost two full seasons that I have seen Sean McVay shaken. That's S-H-A-K-E-N, not shaking, but shaken. And because he's the ultimate confidence man, and he wasn't very confident after this game. And among the things that he said after the game was, and I quote, we've got to be able to figure this out and figure it out fast because we're doing things in the last couple of weeks that are totally uncharacteristic 
of what good football teams do. It's guys making mistakes we typically haven't seen. End quote. Well, so the Rams made some mistakes, dumb things down the stretch, you know, like not running out of bounds when they didn't have timeouts. Uh, I mean, just really, I think, awful uh, football decisions that makes you wonder, do these guys really practice situational football? And I know they do because I, I've I've seen the Rams practice and I've talked to them about their situational football. But I think that he was referring to Jared Goff far more than anything else. Last three weeks, Jared Goff, one touchdown, seven interceptions. In the last two weeks, it's zero and six. Um, He is not as accurate as he was. You may have heard Chris Collinsworth really kind of light into him after missing a couple throws, including one that would have been an easy touchdown throw. He's just off. He is just off. And look, this for the Rams is not altogether about the rest of the regular season, but I'll tell you why this is really important. Because the Rams away from home are no lock. You saw that they went down to New Orleans, played a feisty game, but lost. You saw that they went into weather in Chicago and had an awful performance, including an awful one by Goff. So I think that home field is important for a lot of teams in football, but home field is really important for the Rams only because they don't want to have to go and into the cacophonous dome in New Orleans, and they certainly don't want to have to go and play in weather in Chicago. Uh, but, But anyway, so in the red flag department, when you watch football the, in the next two weeks, if I were you, I would keep my eye on the Rams. And I would keep my eye on the Rams in a couple of other ways. Okay, as you watch football this week, right, watch what happens when the Rams go and play the Cardinals this Sunday. Now, it's not a mega game on anybody's schedule. This game will be used by Sean McVay to try to get well and to try to get Jared Goff well. So I think it's vitally, vitally important that the Rams play well in the next two weeks going into the playoffs, or again, they will be one and done as they were last year. And now my conversation with Amazon Prime broadcast team, Hannah Storm, and Andrea Kramer. Back on the Peter King Podcast, very happy to be joined by uh, a historic duo. Uh, we're joined today by Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer, who, if you uh, have been under a rock somewhere, are the first two women to comprise an NFL broadcast team. And this is somewhat important. The NFL, this is the 99th season of the NFL. And until a Thursday night in September, where Hannah and Andrea were in the booth to do the Vikings-Rams game, no two women had ever comprised an NFL broadcast team before. So uh, I bow to you both. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) 
Thank you. Well, Thank you know, you. We, we, we bow in reverse because, <laughs> uh, you know, you're the man. So oh, well, thank nice you for you, having man. us. And it really, just to hear you say that, what you just said, kind of, I don't know, it just kind of gives me chills, you well, know, the way I, you phrase it. And here's, it you know, here's, the, here's what I have thought, and I have been a, uh, a sort of a casual uh, interloper on your telecast this year because sometimes I just forget and sure. uh, you know I just do but but um, I, I've watched a good deal of the last month and the thing that you notice on these things are excitement and reporting uh, because there are stories told on this on these telecasts that are that are really just great, but but anyway, you know what I'd like to do first. I want to introduce, give a proper introduction to both of you because I think that people should know a little bit about you. So, Hannah Storm went to Notre Dame, and she began in the business in 1989 uh, as an anchor for CNN Sports Tonight. You obviously know Hannah uh, because she has done so much over the years at ESPN uh, and now uh, has joined Amazon this year uh, to do the telecasts of these games. Here's the one thing you don't know about Hannah. Hannah, and I'm very interested about this, (laughs) Hannah, according to Wikipedia, is on the board of directors of the Tribeca Film Festival. (laughs) Is that true? Well, I direct films, so I've had a production company for 10 years. That is Um, awesome. I love the Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah, and the Greenwich Film Festival as well. Wow. Um, So, yeah, I have had a – I have directed um, seven sports documentaries, one of the original 30 – starting with one of the original 30 for 30s. Which 30 for 30 did you do? um, The Martina and Chrissy. Oh, wow. Um, One about Martina and Chrissy, yeah, which was the only um, original 30 for 30 to feature two women, which kind of goes along with the the theme of my life, um, Unmatched. And then, um, you know, a bunch since then which have been on the, you know, networks ranging from, you know, SEC Network to ABC, ESPN, Epics. I did a Danica Patrick one this past year for, for them. So, yeah, and a bunch of branded content for, for big companies. So that's something I started before I went to ESPN. So I'm pretty proud of. That's great. And there aren't a lot of women that, that direct films, um, sports films especially. So that's definitely, you know, something I'm proud of. So thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. Do you see what that research does? That's like Andrea Kramer move, like getting the, getting the last detail there. I need to ask you <laughs> about my three favorite documentaries of this year, and we'll, we'll go on from this, but I just want to know if you've seen any of them and okay. what you think, okay? My favorite one was Science Fair. Number two was RBG, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg one. Right. And then... My other one that, and, and these are almost tied for first, was the Mr. Rogers doc. Mm-hmm. So have you seen any of them, and do you have any opinions on any of them? I have not seen any of them. Do you know why? Why? Because I have had my head in an NFL <laughs> bubble for since August, and I have really, I, it's like I've, I have had, you know, not, a, not, a, not much of a life, um, but literally three days a week on 
ESPN and 24-7 the rest of the time on NFL, and I, I feel like a, a total nerd. I did see Bohemian Rhapsody, i got to say. Oh, good, good. Um, that was great. So I've seen a, that and uh, A Star is Born. Will you do me a favor when you yeah, – I, I, I saw A Star is Born, too. And I yeah. thought Lady Gaga was unbelievable she was in awesome. that movie. Unbelievable. She was awesome. But you gotta see you gotta see those. You'll love them. They're really feeling moving documentaries. But anyway. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. So when Andrea and I have this like laundry list of things we actually want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's been an eleven game season, a great one, but yeah. you know. Definitely, uh, you know what it's like to prep for an, an NFL football game and the depth uh, that it takes. So um, I'm putting all of those on my list, Good. and um, th- and that's what I'll be doing postseason for sure. Okay, Andrea Kramer, you grew up in Philly. You went to Penn. You are the first female producer ever at NFL Films. You started there in 1984. You uh, were the NFL. NBC Football Night in America sideline reporter uh, for that telecast from the inauguration of the telecast in 2006. You're an Olympics reporter for NBC. You now are uh, an NFL Network chief chief correspondent, and you've had a long and distinguished career as a correspondent for HBO Real Sports. The one thing I bet people don't know about Andrea Kramer is that you once danced for the Philadelphia Civic Ballet. Isn't that true? I did. I danced professionally for ballet for 20 years. Wow. Uh, two companies in Philadelphia, two in New York. I did, as usual. Your, your reporting is, is doing really I just well. read Wikipedia. I don't know. I just believe right. what I read on Wiki. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always, it, as we have learned, uh, it's always good to ask. Yeah. And, of course, don't forget, uh, you know, I, I was uh, ESPN's first female correspondent. So yes. I was at ESPN for 17 years. But, yeah. uh, no, I, I think that... Uh, uh, it's always good to have bring in different life experiences. I remember, in fact, I got to use my dance background in my previous life when I interviewed Herschel, did a story on Herschel Walker, who was with the Fort Worth Ballet Company. Do you remember wow. that? I do remember yes. that. Yes, well, yeah. I, I, that was kind of a fun thing. But, yeah. uh, but no, and, and by the way, I have seen the Mr. Rogers doc, and that was, that was terrific. And RBG is definitely high on my list after I get my Christmas tree on this weekend, <laughs> which is what we keep talking about, that we have to, we have to sort of, uh, after reintroducing myself to my husband, hello, my name is, then it's going to be a matter of uh, trying to catch up on a lot of different things. But this whole, this whole season has been, has been pretty amazing. I, I, I can't believe how quickly it's, it's gone by. And I kind of pride myself on being a hard worker, but it's been nothing like this. And the funny thing, Peter, which I think you'll relate to is that we're really no different than the teams because even though we're on a Thursday through Thursday cycle, uh, you know, our terrific producers give us a lot of preparation uh, right after the Thursday night game ends, but it's the, it's, it, it really amps up after the Sunday game. So you really only have three full days of preparation to do a ton of work. And uh, so we, we know, we we feel the team's pain when it, when it talks about uh, preparing on a short week. So I want to, I'm just going to set the scene here a little bit. So I'm talking to you guys on Wednesday evening. Your Mm -hmm. final game in this series is one of the biggest games of this season. The Chargers at the Chiefs, 
the last of the 11 Amazon Thursday night games. And uh, I want to talk about the preparation for it for a second, but I also want to ask you just about what it felt um, that first weekend. What, what did it feel like to you guys when you're sitting there in the booth and you open a telecast? Did it occur to you guys at the time that one day uh, some little girl is going to say to you both, or say to each separately, man, I remember when you guys started off doing games and you were the first and you were in, you were both an inspiration to me. So what did it feel like that first day? Well, when, think, when the announcement was made on the Tuesday, uh, Hannah and I started getting all kinds of notes and emails and things of that nature. And one really resonated for me. It came from a, a man who I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know who it was. Uh, obviously, it had his name on it, and it basically said, congratulations to you two women. Uh, there's going to be a whole generation of young girls that wake up Friday morning knowing that a new dream is possible. And Hannah's the, first of all, Hannah's the mom of three daughters. And, and just, but just for me, it was, it was really chills-inducing because I think that there was certainly a lot of focus on the historic nature, as you alluded to before, but I think we were so kind of focused on, on what we're doing and getting ready and this and that, that I, I, it, at least for me, it really resonated the, the importance of what we were doing and how much, uh, you know, not that you, we can't put any more pressure on ourselves, that, that's for sure, but the idea that um, if we do it and it wasn't a one-off, it's 11 games, and, and how much it can open things up for people down the road, that's, that's, a, that's a huge thing. And, and Hannah had a comment all along uh, when we were trying to decide if we really wanted to take this leap of faith. And she, you know, she said, if not us, then who? And that, that's really true. Uh, because remember, Amazon had made it abundantly clear to us, we want Hannah and Andrea. We don't just want two women. And if you guys choose not to do this, we're not going to do this separate feed. So they, they really had targeted us, which I think is a credit to Amazon, because, y- look, you may not want to listen to two women, and you know, we certainly hear that rhetoric as well, but you can't impugn our credentials. You, you can't say right. that we haven't worked and earned this opportunity and uh, are, are the right people to, to be able to, to take this historic step. Hannah? Yeah, it's... Um it, it's really cool because along the way, not only not only did we hear, you know, sort of right away some of those sentiments, which, by the way, Peter, you know how it is um, in today's day and age, there were a whole bunch of people on the other side that just hated the idea, right? So, you know, once, uh, once it was out there, of course, there's lots of comments made uh, by people who d- didn't, didn't care at all for the idea of hearing women call a football game. And, and in a way, that was kind of freeing because, as I said to Andrea, well, we haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of people that just don't like us because of the idea. So, you know, in a way, it gave, it, it gave you a little bit of freedom, a little latitude to understand that, you know, we were embarking on something new and we were going to make a lot of mistakes along the way, but there are just going to be people who just didn't, you know, out of, out of bigotry or ignorance or whatever it is, or personal preference, they just don't, don't want to hear women deliver football. So, 
it kind of it kind of felt great because it felt like, well, we don't have to go out there and please everybody, right? Because, you know, we know some people, how some people already think. And then on the other hand, like through the season, we've had these really cool moments where um, I had a corporate executive walk up to me a couple of weeks ago and say, hey, I, I heard you guys the other night. And I said, wow, that was great. And he said, yeah, I have two young daughters. And they said, daddy, we want to hear the girls talk about football. Wow. You know, and then we had a player, you know, last week that said, hey, I just so excited what you guys are doing. I have two young daughters. I just think it's so cool. You know, and we've actually heard that a lot from players and coaches because we don't, you know, we're not at the site. So right. we don't go into a traditional production meeting. But what we do is we talk to them on the phone. So we set up, you know, sort of our, our uh, production meeting. Just but on isn't the phone. that, so, isn't that, let me interrupt you, Hannah, and, and ask you both. And, yeah. and Andrea, you would have had experience with this some, but a lot of television teams now, when they do the production meeting, and for those who don't know what a production meeting is, it is when the representatives of each team will meet with the announcing crew of, uh-huh. uh, for that game. And right. basically, and a lot of those now are done on the telephone and not yeah. in person. Yeah, well, and sure they're great. You have no yeah. choice. You, you have no choice. Right. And, and I, I don't want to speak for other networks, but the Thursday night broadcasts you know, almost typically have to do that because the, the, t- the teams don't have the opportunity they to do that. They don't have the time, but, yeah. But you, you made, when, when you introduced the thing about the broadcast, you said something, and this is so hugely important for me. Hannah's going to laugh because she hears me talk about this all the time. But I really feel um, what has turned out to be the defining aspect of our broadcast, and you mentioned it, is the reporting that goes on. So I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm a show me, don't tell me kind of girl, right? So yes, so this week we, we had our production meetings with both teams, with the Chargers and the Chiefs. But we sit there with our producers, our two producers, and we sit there and say, okay, what can we add that's not out there? As, as our producer Betsy Riley says, what other layers are there to add? So take Patrick Mahomes, okay? Today we spoke with his former college coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I talked with Alex Rodriguez because he, uh, uh, because um, Patrick has talked a lot about playing yeah. shortstop and, and also growing up and being around A-Rod, we talked to him. We then talked to Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern, uh, who is, was obviously the, the college coach of Justin Jackson. Yeah. We talked to John Bosa, who is the father of Joey Bosa. We talked with Connie Watt. Uh, we, that was a three-for-one special because we had all the Watt brothers on Thursday Night Football. Seriously. So we got, all, we got, all we got comments year? on all of them. We talked to Stacey Bell, who's the New York, uh, New York uh, television anchor, the yeah. wife of Anthony Lynn. And for the big picture, we talked to LaDainian Tomlinson. Okay, so we talked to three, four, five, six, seven people in addition to the teams to add right. perspective. That, to me, typifies what Hannah and Andrea are about. We're going to give you different stories. We never forget about the game. We never take our eye off what's going on. But we're going to tell you, I guarantee you, and, and again, I'm a show-me-don't-tell-me girl, we're going to tell you something about Patrick Mahomes tomorrow on our broadcast that people haven't heard because of the people we've talked to. I'll be listening. It was really Good. cool, Peter, last week when Derek Henry Oh, Magic had Johnson. His... Don't forget about Magic Johnson. We talked to Magic. Uh, we got some comments, excuse me, Hannah, from Magic Johnson about the no-look pass because who knows better That's than, than, than Magic. That's good. Very good. That's excellent. Excellent work. 
But yeah, like we talk to, you know, and sometimes, it, you know, you get a ton of information about somebody and you dive deep and it would make, make a great Peter King column, but, you know, we're not going to get uh, time to say it on a broadcast. And then sometimes you're really happy <laughs> that you did what you did because mm-hmm. we uh, decided to, to call Eddie George and, you know, kind of get an interesting perspective on his relationship with Derrick Henry. Well, then Derrick Henry has this, you know, wow. record-setting yeah. night and a 99-yard touchdown, of course. So we were able to call Eddie. Eddie, not only during the game, but we had a really nice information about his, you know, relationship with Derek. And then a few weeks ago, you know, you remember Nick Mullins was named the starter um, at the last moment for, um, you know, San Francisco. So we, we, we find out at like the, the 11th hour that this kid is starting that, you know, we knew he went to Brett Favre's high school, but we didn't know much else. So we get his high school coach on and we get his college coach. We, we start, you know, you know, texting people and, you know, we, we get all these great stories about him. And so the Amazon people think we're just a riot. They get such a big kick out of us. And they're like, well, why didn't you call the midwife who delivered him at the hospital? And by that way, <laughs> I know what that was like, you know. So anyway, it's pretty funny. We we work hard, but we also try to use our imaginations to, you know, tell stories like you referenced earlier. And you- Hannah and I, and the, the other thing that really I think makes it work is that Hannah and I are interested in different things. Um, you know, which which I think makes the makes it work very very well. What do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, there there could be different stories that we're interested in, and yeah. then you know, for me, I know for me personally, um, you, you'll appreciate this, Peter. I feel like you know, in the in the thirty plus years that I've been covering football, uh, I've done I do a ton of work going into games. You know, all the years I've been covering it, only to to have the game come out, and in essence, the producers really don't want me to talk about football. <laughs> they yeah. really don't. That's we're going to leave that for for the mail announcers. And look, when you're talking about Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, I get that because they right. should be talking about football. But guess what, Peter? I get to talk about football. And every now and then I think Hannah will give me like the look about, okay, enough, uh, enough of this. <laughs> but you know what? But no, but here's the thing. I, 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 I will keep this till tomorrow. I will have accomplished one of my goals. You will not hear football lingo coming out of my mouth that I'm not explaining what it is. As Al Michaels told me going into this, he said 99.9% of the people that are, that are announcing the games don't know what this football stuff means, and, and that goes for the listeners as well. And so I, if I'm going to talk about a jet sweep, if I'm going to talk about uh, you know, a ghost sweep, whatever it is, I'm going to explain what that is. Good. If it's defensive pass, why is it? So you know, we're not just throwing all this lingo out there. We're trying to explain it because we're in 200 countries. We don't, we don't necessarily know what our listeners are, are, are you know, what their, what their intellect level is so when it comes to this game. So it's, it's just a different approach, but, you know, I'm interested in that. You know, Hannah might be interested in, in some totally different things, but, again, this is what makes, I, I think, our unique chemistry work. Yeah, I think one of the things, Peter, that, that I do, and, you know, it's probably a function, too, of, you know, being at ESPN and being sort of at 10,000 feet is, you know, a lot, I, I like the big picture and I like the big picture as it relates to not only the individuals in the game, but how it folds into the larger football conversation as well. So those are a lot of things. Um, I'm always looking for perspective, um, and you know, why things matter. Um, 
and um, in terms of following the storyline of a game too. So what's 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 our story? You know, what 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 sort of story is this actual football game? You know, unfolding live before our eyes, telling us, and then just I guess having interviewed so much, you know, I love all of the as Andrea does. You know, all of the individual stories and the and the things that we tell. So um, we have some pretty hilarious moments. There was one time when um, we talked to Julian Edelman, and he has all the fellas over, and he was talking to us about eating healthy and teaching his teammates to eat healthy and having the young guys over and eating vegan lasagna. And we literally were in the middle of this story about vegan lasagna, and he scores eight touchdowns. So the big, the big joke we have, and vegan lasagna touchdown! <laughs> you know, so, you know, we've obviously had to learn how to pick and choose our, our places to tell stories. And then, you know, in the NFL, you know, things happen, bang, bang, you know, it's, it's just like bang, bang plays, you know, stuff happens that way um, as an announcer that you're turning on a dime, you know, things are, things, things happen in a split second. So we have a lot of sort of, you know, funny inside jokes about stuff like that. But our vegan lasagna touchdown is one of my favorite calls of the year. I like that. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Robinhood strives to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Even if you have three bucks, you can start today. Non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive. Clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. You know, I recently signed up for Robinhood, and I started buying a few stocks. Nothing big, just a few here and there. It is great. There's no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission. With Robinhood, you trade stocks and keep all of your profits. And you learn by doing. You learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed. You get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. I mean, that's free money they're basically giving away. All you have to do is sign up. You can sign up at peterking.robinhood.com. That's peterking.robinhood.com. No space in Peter King. Peterking.robinhood.com. You'll be glad you did. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fantango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango. It's your ticket to the movies. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. 
That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I need to ask just about your reach. So you... Technically, you are in. You can be. You can be seen and heard right. in two hundred countries. Will you just explain exactly how that works and how somebody in Malaysia has been watching you this year? And 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 also, do you hear from people around the world? Do you get any comments from from people in different countries? What has that been like? They do. Amazon does. They can yep. tell exactly when someone is logging on and from where. So it's Amazon Prime subscribers, which you can subscribe to Amazon, you know, all over the world. Um, and they have this, uh, the technology to not only have real-time feedback. So if there was something that, let's say, Andrew and I were talking about vegan lasagna, and there are, you know, 50% of the people in the world to think vegan lasagna is a horrible, terrible idea, they would be able to let them know right away. So they can, they can tell in real time. Um, so, so like our first night that we broadcast, for instance, they said 90% positive reaction and the 10% largely that, that didn't, didn't like it were because they, they couldn't log on, they couldn't find you guys. So they're dealing, they're dealing live. They have a whole team of people when we're on dealing live with technical issues, which right. is mostly what they hear about. Uh, but they also know where and when people are broadcasting. And if you're thinking about, uh, I mean, listening. So if you're thinking about numbers through the entire season last year, roughly 18 million people watched um, the Thursday night football games and already before our last game, which should get a huge number, I would think, um, they have 23 million. So they are, they're obviously really excited because the numbers have gone up considerably and they're able to tell for how long people watch. I mean, it's really cool sort of the instant feedback that they get. Um, you know, Andrea and I, because we're we obviously have access to domestic feedback. So, you know, we'll get people that hit us up on social media and things like that. But really, you know, Amazon has a whole p- team of people in Seattle that are that are listening, that are watching, that are what are some of the countries their subscribers? What are, what are some of the countries where people can watch you where you sort of shake your head and say, oh, my God, they can hear us in X I mean, it's it's almost anything imaginable. It's almost anything that you could think of. Wow. Um, and, you know, we don't know who they are. Yeah. So people always ask us, Peter, well, who's your audience? Who are you broadcasting for? And, you know, basically what Amazon said is, guys, it could be anybody. It could be an expat. It could be a casual fan. It could be just some people checking out American football. So they said, here's, here's what we need you guys to do. Just be yourself yeah. and just do the kind of broadcast that you want and be genuine and be, be who you are. 
and be passionate about the things you're passionate about. So that was kind of cool, right? Because yeah. we don't really know. So, and it could be anyone at any time. So it could pop in for five minutes and leave and someone from another country could pop in, you know what it means, and, and sample it. So it, it's a very organic broadcast in that way. They let us like build our team. By the way, both of our, our top producers are women. Um, and they, they told us to just be us. That's why they hired us. So they went out and hired, like, they didn't go out and just say, well, we want two women. They said, we want Andrea and Hannah. And if it wasn't the two of us, like Andrea said, they weren't going to do it. So that was a really freeing thing, too, because we feel like we can, uh, uh, listen, there's a lot where we're, we're trying to do and worry about. We're taking it off a Fox feed. So it's almost like we're doing it off a world feed. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of challenges that go with that. But, you know, the freedom to kind of have our own broadcast the way we want to do it, it's, it's really, you know, unprecedented and really cool. To that, to Hannah's point, and Peter, I know that you will appreciate and probably relate to this as well. How great is it that you get to the point in your career where you get to work with the people you want to work with and you basically get to craft something, to have a vision for something, and then bring it to fruition. It's, I would say in this business, no hyperbole, it's virtually unheard of. You know, we're not answering to anybody but our own standards. The Amazon people have basically given us carte blanche to do the telecast the way that we want. And, you know, by all accounts, they're, they're pretty darn happy with it. But this is an amazing, amazing opportunity for us to... And, and one of the things that, that's funny, and, and I, I talked to the Amazon people about this early on, is think about this, and you know this, Peter. People have watched football broadcasts the same way always. Now, I'm not talking about technological innovations that come up, okay? There's always that, and, and God bless Freddie and Drew on Sunday Night Football. They lead that, okay? I'm talking about... Okay, let's have a play from the play-by-play person. Then let's have the analysis. Then let's have a replay. All right? It's the same thing always. It has a certain rhythmic nature to it. And whereas we never lose sight of what's going on in the game, ever, you know what? If we, you know, this is not blasphemous. If we don't call second and three from the 41 because Hannah's finishing a story or I'm putting a button on something – it's okay. We, we live for another play. Yeah, and I so, mean, like, it's not like you're doing it on radio. You're, right. I mean, you're doing it on TV. People can right. see Correct. it. So, so storytelling is vitally important. Right, you're, because, you're and look, right. And you, you, know, you know and love my old boss, Steve Sable, in NFL Films, and what would Steve say? Tell me a story. It'll live with me forever. And so, yes, of course, if you have a 99-yard run by Derrick Henry, people are going to remember that. But you know what else? They may also remember a story that we're telling about, you know, how Eddie George, literally everything that Eddie George has been preaching to Derrick Henry came to fruition last Thursday. You know, whatever the story is, that's going to resonate with people. And if it makes it to the water cooler the next day, all the better. But the, the thing is, is bottom line, Hannah and I, along with our producers, are doing our broadcast, what we feel is the best way to, to uh, tell the story of the people in a football game and the story of the football game through our eyes. Support for Peter King comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It can be one of the most important purchases you'll ever make. 
but today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then, once you've found the one, if rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash king. Rate shield approval only valid on 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Finishing up with Andrea Kramer and uh, Hannah Storm. So I want to ask you sort of an odd question, but I want you, I want you both to imagine that uh, there's a 12-year-old girl in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, who's listening to this podcast and who has watched some of your uh, work on Amazon this fall, I want you both to talk to her. And I want you to, I I want you to say something to her that you feel you want her to know about her future and about this business. I'll start with you, Andrea. Well, first thing that comes to mind for me is anything and everything is possible. And look, Hannah and I are both 30-plus veterans and in this business, and I can certainly speak for myself. One year ago today, I would never, ever in a zillion years tell you that I thought I'd be, that we'd be in this position. And uh, I, I'm glad that we've been given this position on, by the virtue of what we've accomplished, but the hard work and the dedication that we've, that we've built up over all these years uh, is, 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 is bearing fruit here, and anything is possible. I think that's, that's so hugely important for young... When I was growing up, Peter, I didn't exist. When I was that little 12-year-old girl in, in Philadelphia, not Oshkosh, I couldn't look to the television and say, oh, wow, that's Hannah Storm, and she's calling play-by-play for football. I couldn't imagine that. I, I, I had no... It would, it would never have even crossed my mind as much as I love the game. Never. So the opportunities that this can hopefully present to this young girl and to many other young girls out there is hugely important. And, it, man, if that turns out to be our legacy for doing this, I, I will feel so proud of, of what we've accomplished. Hannah, you're talking to the 12-year-old girl in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, who wants to be you. What do you say? Take risks. Just understand that things are going to come along and somebody's going to ask you to do something or 
somebody is going to offer you the chance to do something or you're going to see something that you really want to do that you're super afraid to do and do it anyway. Put yourself out there, bet on yourself, have faith in yourself, do things that might make you a little uncomfortable, but really understand in your heart that if you work hard, that you're going to be able to do that. Own how smart you are. Own everything about yourself that makes you unique and take chances. And when you take those chances and and be okay with not being perfect and understand that nobody is, but when you see something, when you are offered something, when you are just thinking that thought, what if, go ahead and make that leap. And you know what was really cool about this? I made that leap with Andrea. It was like, you know, holding hands, jumping off a cliff together. And it was so cool that I was able to do that with with someone that I respect and love so much. But those are things that Andrea and I did our entire lives to get to this point. Always pushing and doing things that other people hadn't done and doing things where we really had no role model. We really had no example of someone to follow and doing things that we were afraid of and things that were tough and things that were awkward. And you just can't be afraid of that. The other thing I think just is really important is the partnership that Hannah's alluding to between the two of us. Because you really don't see this very often in any business, uh, in television, but, and certainly in sports, two women coming together like this. And for me, there is no better host of any gender than Hannah Storm. So I know that I can be free to talk football, tell my stories, whatever it is, and Hannah's always going to get, she's going to fill in the blank, she's going to clean up any poop that's left over, whatever, whatever's out there. She's going to take care of it perfectly. We all have dogs, so I, we can all relate to this. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's always going to be that. She is, she is the quintessential pro. There's nothing that she hasn't seen or done. And that gives me a tremendous sense of security. And then hopefully I provide for her you know, because I am this football geek that is just, you know, watched way too much film probably in my life for my own good. You know, I can, I can be there as her security blanket, but it's a partnership. It's a partnership. Mm-hmm. We laugh together. Uh, I, I, I cannot tell you the number of, of, of times that we just sort of <laughs> chuckle uh, with each other, which is, which is a great thing because, as we both know, when you're having a good time, the audience has a good time, and they know it. And, when, and when there's, if there's false chemistry – Ooh, that's uncomfortable for the audience, and and uh, I, I don't think that anybody could could accuse us of that. I think that it's it's evident how we feel about each other, how we're covering for each other, how we support each other, and we are truly we are truly a partnership. And boy, it is it is fun and wonderful. Yep. Hannah Storm, Andrea Kramer, the first all women NFL broadcast team in the '99 seasons 
of NFL history for Amazon Prime. It was really my pleasure to talk to you both, and uh, I really hope that 12-year-old girl in Oshkosh listens, especially when you say, try things that make you uncomfortable, because you shouldn't be really comfortable in doing something, because if you're going to do something for the first time, as you guys are doing, there are going to be some times where you say, ooh, that's different, oh, that was hard. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, good should be hard. So uh, right. I really appreciate you guys joining me on the podcast. Thanks. Well, you're the best, Peter. Thank you so much. It was just uh, an honor to be on your podcast, truly. Thank uh, you, Peter. It's great. It's great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having us on. And happy holidays to you and your family and, and to your, your, grand, your grandson. I still can't <laughs> believe you're old enough to be a grandfather. That's just way too much yeah, for me. Yeah, I, really. I have two now. Have, I know. Yeah, we have yes, a, yes, a granddaughter, yes. Freddie and Hazel. Right, and, right, uh, right, right. Hazel, <laughs> believe me, I'll tell Hazel the Andrea Kramer, uh, Hannah Storm story. Yes, do. I yeah. love it. Please Thanks do. a lot, Peter, guys. Right, thanks for thinking of us, Peter. Happy holidays. Hey, your confidence is important. And sometimes one change can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this. They're inviting you to become part of the Hair Club family to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. Hair Club understands the emotions you're feeling and knows the questions that you have. They're the leader in total hair solutions with a legacy of success for over 40 years. Whether you're looking to revitalize the growth of your own hair or to learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement or restoration, Hair Club's professionally trained stylists, hair health experts, and consultants will craft a personalized solution to ensure that you feel your best and to ensure that you get the most out of your hair. See for yourself just how powerful great hair can be. Go to hairclub.com slash king today for a free hair analysis and a free take-home hair kit all valued at over $300. That's hairclub.com slash king. You get a free analysis and a free hair care kit. Hairclub.com slash king. Experience your hair and your life at its best, only with Hair Club. I'm certain you'll love the club. So as I introduce Chris Halpin, Let me explain to you exactly what has happened in the NFL because most of you have never heard of Chris Halpin and they don't understand what it is that has happened to elevate him into a position of prominence. He was already a very important advisor to Roger Goodell. Um, He's got a finance and business background. He's been toiling very much under the radar in the NFL. But basically now Goodell has put in this new title, He's put Chris Halpin as his executive vice president of chief strategy and growth. And that is going to include strategy, the growth markets, like international football. He will be taking over eventually for Mark Waller, who did a very good job in NFL international development over the last 10 years. Halpin will also be in charge of data and analytics and strategic development in the NFL. So, let's introduce you to Chris Halpin. 
with Chris Halpin. The NFL office is in Manhattan. Now, Chris, you have recently been tasked by Roger Goodell with a fairly gigantic job. <laughs> you know, basically manage the future for the National Football League. So as you look at it going forward, what do you look at as the biggest issues slash challenges that the NFL has in the next decade or so? Well, thanks, Peter. Uh, I guess, first of all, we're all doing it together. So all of us leading clubs working for the, for the future and for the, for the fans for the future. I think the key element is the game. And we as a league are incredibly focused. We have been for a number of years of making sure that the game uh, continues to evolve, making sure that the, the quality of play, the excitement, the consistency, uh, and, and, and also the, um, the health and welfare of the players is at the highest level. I think every sport is challenged as uh, expectations continue to arise, fans change. You continue to have to, to stay ahead never settle and, and, and make sure that the product is in the, in the sport itself is as good as possible. We also, we serve fans. That's what we do at the, at, in as a sports league and fans love the NFL because of the game itself. So uh, that is our, that is first and foremost, the game as something that is exciting, that is emotional, that is fair, that is passionate, that, that gets people in their communities ready on Sunday, ready on Thursday, on Monday to join together and, and watch the NFL is most important. Secondly is, and this has been a big point of focus for a number of years, but the, the challenges are only growing. Fans are all moving to their own experiences. They are, they are consuming sports and, and content broadly in differentiated ways. And so the, the pressure on us and Brian Rollap and his team have been driving it, but to make sure that the best sport in the world is where people want to be, where they want to consume it in the form they want. It, it, it sounds like a simple goal. Every year it's harder, whether it's social media, whether it's what NBC is doing with different products and extending mobile phones, all of it. You've got to stay ahead and you've got to give the fan the, the engagement experience they want. And then third is in stadium. We don't believe there's a better experience in the world than an NFL game. But you have to make sure that fans are getting all the content, the energy, the replays when they want it, that they've got access to good Wi-Fi, that the excitement, the flow of the game is right. We feel like if we get those three right, we'll continue to be the best sport in the world. But we, it, it is every day we got to hustle. It's kind of a difficult task in some ways because I'm a 61-year-old person. If I go to a football game and if I were to sit in the stands, I view that as a three-hour break from my phone. <laughs> and yet there are others who go to games, I think most others who go to games, who want to be able to be attached to their phone and to check mail, check everything, and have great Wi-Fi. So you really have to, and that's just one example, but you really have to program this game long-term for an incredible number of constituencies. It's absolutely right. And the NFL is a personal experience for each fan. It means something different to their, to their local team, whether they're a Giants fan, a Jaguars fan, or a Seahawks fan. That has its own meaning, how they, how they consume it. Are they a fantasy player or are they a, a rabid local fan? Do they love particular players? Um, there's no right answer, and that's one of our real benefits is that 
you can have so many different experiences, but even the in-stadium experience and the teams have been working hard on this. They're, they're, to your point, there are the fans who just want to focus on what's in front of them as, as a uh, emotional experience and, and a release from the week. There are others who, if there's a moment of downtime, want to be on red zone or want to be on some other experience, either checking their fantasy lineup or checking on um, other games. And you need to be able to serve both. And, and they're very... Uh, fair experiences and the diversity of that demand is going to keep expanding. That's both at the national level, international level, and then also with the teams, we've got to keep working. And, and part of that is knowing your fans better. Part of that is working with partners to have uh, a diversity of experiences. And then it's also testing. And that's the thing every sports league is going to have to do is try different things. Some will work, some won't, but we're going to have to keep trying different things and offering those different experiences. Chris, what drove you to want to be involved with the NFL? You got an extensive uh, finance and business background. So what drove you here and how exactly did you get here? Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I've loved the NFL um, since earliest college, uh, earliest child days. I remember uh, John Riggins in the Super Bowl uh, plowing through. I'd never seen someone who, who ran like that. And then... Um, continuing just to love the sport, players like Barry Sanders and others, uh, Steve Largent, who just were larger than life to me. Um, throughout my career, I loved sports. It, it has meant so much to me, both both playing sports, but also just as a fan and as a, as a uh, connection. Um, and then in my career, uh, I worked for a firm called Providence Equity Partners for 13 years, really grew up there, and we were uh, actively involved in media uh, digital communications. And from the outside, and it's been confirmed here, but I thought the NFL was the most incredible content anywhere. It's as close to a social fabric as we have in the United States today. Um, the, the Just something that brings people together, that has incredible opportunities to, to grow. And, and it's, it's one of those impacts. Just last week, uh, I got fans to the Dolphins Patriot games for a, a teacher, an old teacher of mine who's a Dolphins fan and went and saw that end of the game <laughs> play. And I got texts from him saying, this is the most incredible experience, you know, of my life. That is something that to be a part of that and, and, and to be a part of the energy that the NFL creates, there's no job like that. Um, and I just thought, I thought the opportunity to see how media develops, how, um, sports develop and be at the forefront was incredible. And I, I joined in 2013 and it's just been incredibly energizing. Why would you think that Roger Goodell tabbed you to have this, this job that basically is going to help define the NFL and to help the teams define where the NFL is going over the next few years? <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you'd have to ask him a little bit. I, I, I'm not sure um, uh, it's as big a bet on me as that sounds. I think part of it is um, there's a lot of good things happening across the league at clubs. And we had a president session uh, Tuesday with, with all our uh, team presidents. And at, the, at the NFL meetings in Dallas. In Dallas, yeah. exactly. And, and one of the great... Um, assets of the NFL is we have 32 different 
labs where they're testing different things. They're interacting with their fans. They're experiencing, uh, they're, they're driving different experiences. And so there's an element of getting that all linked together and, and, and sharing that information and our club business development group does it, but bringing forth different ideas and bringing them together. Similarly at the league across football operations, media, marketing, um, all our key functions, sponsorship CP, there's a lot of great stuff going on and understanding of our fans, understanding of our partners, understanding of our players. And so a big element in my, over the last year and a half when I've been overseeing strategy and data has been getting that connected, helping to drive prioritization and clarity on, our, on what we're doing. And we've really come together at the league behind a model of game, fans, and engagement. Just focus on making the game as good and as, as, as healthy for the long term as possible, making sure that we're taking care of our fans communicating and then driving engagement in whatever form. And I think driving that clarity and then helping to drive alignment between uh, league and clubs is a key challenge for us. And I think the commissioner thought that we could do that well. Uh, and then the, the dovetailing to that is international. Um, and in the view was given what we're doing internationally, the growth we've had, bringing that even more closely aligned to the strategy is a key thing for all of us to do. So we're excited, but, uh, a lot of work to do. Finishing up with Chris Halpin, the NFL office in Manhattan, Chris, if I were to ask you, what would be the biggest challenge that the NFL faces over the next 10 years? Personally, I would probably say, some combination of health and safety slash uh, head trauma, technology of equipment uh, it is sort of combined with getting, making sure that moms want their kids to play football. Um, but I don't want to put ideas in your mouth, but or in your head. But what would you say is the biggest challenge over the next ten years? I would say um, twofold. Uh, there are two two separate ones. I think. Jeff Miller and his team have driven tremendous progress on the player health and safety front um, in terms of and working with Troy Vincent and the football folks in terms of rule changes, in terms of major investments in technology and advancements that we've made, uh, developing the Vices helmet, for example, uh, adding um, trainers on field and improving procedures and policies there. I think we've got to continue to do it. Just this year, you know, the number of players in top rated helmets through their work has gone from 41% of players to 72% of players when it comes to rating safety. Continuing to drive advancements across a lot of fronts. And player health and safety, by the way, is not just um, uh, head issues and the like. It's also lower limb issues and continuing to improve the overall health and welfare of our players. But continuing to make progress on the, on the substance, on the rules, on the treatment, on the technology, as well as the communication of, all, of our, how much we're committed in the progress we've made. That's one big point of focus. The second is fans. And we are in a, a country and a world that is r rapidly uh, decentralizing, so to speak. And all of us have been, you and I have watched television our whole life. We, we are used to mass media. That is rapidly changing. And when you've got the best content in the world, but you've got to make sure people are aware, it's going to be increasingly a challenge and a point of focus to make sure that 
We are reaching fans and getting them the right content wherever they are. And as they increasingly choose where they get it, only whom they follow on um, social media, the, the specific uh, a la carte subscriptions they may subscribe to. It is just when you are driven by fans and you, and you, you're, you're, you have to support fans and serve them, you have to work that much harder to understand them and reach them. So those are the two. I think we've made a lot of progress, but a lot more to do. Chris Alpin, good luck in uh, in the new gig, and uh, you might start to get people who know who you are now. <laughs> I, I, I don't that's know about that, and I don't know that that's good or that's bad, but I think it might happen. I'm not sure that's good, but thanks, Peter. Great to chat with you. Thanks to my guests, Andrea Kramer, Hannah Storm, and Chris Halpin. If you enjoy these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes in my podcast series, such as my conversations with Matt Millen, Adam Schefter, and Larry Fitzgerald. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. You can also hear the Peter King Podcast on Sirius XM Radio every Saturday morning at 7 Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 82. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, and thanks, of course, to my sponsors, Quicken Loans, Robin Hood, and Hair Club. Please support them the way they support this podcast. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>